And now please allow for a moment of silence as we remember Jeff Lode Stevenson and therefore dedicate this episode. What's up, everybody? It's Schmitty with another episode of Talking Schmidt. Today is the big 180. And that means all my rowdy anti hero friends are ready to come on the show finally. This week, we got Skate Rock Survivor deep down in the ATL. This is Pat McLean. Old Pat Lana is joining us. Listen, holiday season's opening day is right around the corner, and with it, we got a new line of merchandise about to hit the website and skate shops across the country. We also are about to launch a one-time-only limited run of a special Thanksgiving colorway tee, so look out for that as soon as today at www.talkingschmidt.com. And speaking of Thanksgiving, this Thursday, while your turkey or tofurkey or whatever you do is heating up, take it over to our YouTube page and watch our latest video release. From the same people that brought you old dog, old tricks, we have yet another friend to the show montage brewing. So thanks to all you that send in your clips and Keep skating out there. Keep sending us those clips. We're going to try to do it, I don't know, every two months, whatever. Special holiday. Maybe we'll have a Christmas at it. Ooh, everybody wears Santa hats. I can see you doing this. Also, as a quick reminder to all y'all, I've lost too many bros. So please, if you're drinking, do not drive. And if you're driving, do not drink. You just influence somebody. With that being said, I'm going to hand it over to this week's guest. Happy holidays, everybody. Please be safe out there. Uh, this is Pat McLean, and you're watching, or wait, watching 411. <laughs> this is Pat McLean, and you're listening to Talking Schmidt. Holy cannoli. It's cool, like tonight is the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big dog's in. Do we really want to be here? Oh, everything's changed. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Talking Schmidt, dude. <laughs> You're going to come out different. <laughs> shit my pants. Wow. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. Holy shit. It's about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy? He thinks he's tough shit. What's up? Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Tell the skateboard police to come get me. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Smith. Yeah! Yo, yo. What's good? I got the animals out here on the porch, um, just kind of kicking it. It's been 
cleaning up around the house and uh, had to get a COVID test this morning for a job I'm starting tomorrow. Okay. So no scares or anything. They just test us prior to work every time. So, which isn't the worst thing because we get paid to go get tested. Mm. Yeah, I'm down with the whole program. I just I just do what they tell me. It's just like, oh, you got to wear a seatbelt when you drive? Okay. You got to wear a helmet when you're on a motorcycle? All right. Like, you got to yeah. get shot? Whatever. So, I got time. I've been, uh, it's been super busy, uh, super busy weekend and past couple weeks because we always have these big Halloween events in Little Five Points where Stratosphere is. Oh, sick. Yeah. These dudes have that Ave bench. The fucking metal bench you know uh-huh. so it's been kind of floating around atlanta these guys went and snagged it from virginia i guess um oh. i really don't have anything to do with it but we skated it in the rain yesterday they trying to just do like a bunch of different spots with the same obstacle i guess they're just it's like a skate skate exchange with that bench. It kind of has a history, I guess. I didn't even really realize it, but it's been cruising around from coast to coast. So they were all fired up on it. I'm like, I am not going to Virginia and helping you guys get a fucking metal bench. Sorry. <laughs> but props to the dudes who are fucking making the missions. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, super busy lately. Um, and the weekend before it was the Little Five Points Halloween Parade. Oh. And we had like a kind of an 80s style or just a little half pipe. Skinny, but 10 foot tall. Okay. Eight, eight foot wide, 10 foot tall. It was hectic. Yeah, everybody in costumes? Uh, mostly, yeah. Yeah. Um, some people went super big for the parade and then yesterday was supposed to be like we always dress up pretty big yesterday and they uh they canceled it so i've still dressed up as cky's kelly goosecock <laughs> backyard football hall of fame i was almost gonna wear like a fucking mask or something to trip you out <laughs> but happy halloween by the way yeah dude today is halloween and it's also jeet's birthday yeah <laughs> Grant's birthday was yesterday. Shout out. Oh, I thought it was on Halloween. Nope. Biggie's birthday's 420. I know that. Yep. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, naming skaters' birthdays, that's pretty memorable. 420. If Grant was on Halloween, it might be that much more memorable. Yeah. Well, where did it all start? Did you, Were you born in Atlanta? I was. Yes. Uh, was born in Atlanta, uh, 1988. So, so I. So you've been there since day one. Uh, not completely. I mean, I've been in Georgia. I moved to the suburbs when I was a toddler, uh -huh. um, about 30 miles south of the city. Okay. Little town called Noonan. And, uh, I grew up there. Mostly my mom works at Emory hospital in the ICU. So she, uh, my grandmother lived in Atlanta and my mom would drop me and my brothers off at my grandmother's house. Mm. And, uh, you know, I kind of grew up in between noon and in Atlanta. Good bit. My dog's saying, hey. You. What's the dog's name? This is Lloyd Christmas. Lloyd Christmas. We got Honey <laughs> Bee. His, his, uh, his brother, Harry, is over here as well. Um, and we just found another small dog named Ernie McCracken. Oh, shit. You got a, you got a, a house with, like, some property? I do. Yeah. Huh? 
Um, behind me is like an acre pond. Damn. And that's, that's my front yard. Um, and I own like legally own a couple acres or whatever, but I live on like a bigger spread of land. That's, uh, um, my driveway has like three homes that share the driveway. So there's a house by the road, come down the driveway a bit, my house, and then back further in the woods is another house. So it's a little, it's a little secluded and I got like a lot of big pine trees and, you know, big trees in general, but the pine trees are kind of scary. They're, you know, dogs love it though, huh? toothpicks in the sand is how i see them just like (laughs) oh but a beautiful property for sure i got super lucky with it we bought a house in 2018 okay you build anything on there uh like what skating wise or i'm working on it too busy building a bunch of stuff for everybody else you know which is standard but uh yeah i got some forms in the back and haven't really messed with them too much, but it was like when I moved in, I redid my bedroom, turned like two bedrooms into one bedroom. And uh, hang on one second, dude. This cat's kind of going crazy. No worries. And I'm down to your local shop. Ask Bloodwizard Skateboards. Or visit Bloodwizard.com. For all your pondering. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Cat's just like getting at the door. It's a little distracting. It wants to go hunt. It wants to go hunt chipmunks and birds. Yeah. <laughs> Zip bring yeah, them I'm back sorry. to where, your porch. Where were we? Uh, you were talking about, uh, building forms. Yeah. So when I first moved in, you know, I was like, all right, I got a new house. I turned two really small bedrooms into one big bedroom and redid the bathroom. Yeah. And I was like on my own. So it took a while to do it and it was a learning process, but I was like, I'm going to get us com- comfortable in the house first. And then I'll start thinking about outside work. Nice. And so I've had like, uh, like 12 trees taken down. And built a big, like, 150-foot gravel driveway up my side yard and just cleared a bunch of stuff out with the skid steer. So it's kind of in the process, you know. It's, like, through time, just kind of messing with it, stacking okay. stacking lumber and rebar and all that stuff and just kind of waiting for that perfect time when the mosquitoes aren't eating you alive and it's not burning up and then it's not freezing cold. Right. You know what I mean? Which is almost right now. Yeah, the weather, right? the weather's oh. beautiful right now. So October got rained out yesterday, a little bit of rain last night. So it's, it's turning into a really nice day, but perfect weather pretty much. What do you think it is that drew you to your, like getting a skateboard and starting the whole madness? Like what was, did you have like friends that were into it or like, how did it start for you? So, I mean, pretty standard story, like elementary school, uh, a young guy named Zach Spears. He kind of introduced me to skating. We were all into BMX mm. and all played sports or whatever, baseball, soccer, you know, the standard stuff. And, uh, you know, like, I guess it was probably 
third grade or fourth grade, right in that time when I was BMXing and cruising around and I saw somebody with a skateboard and of course saw back to the future, like that old classic, you know, and it's like, yeah, the first board I found was the, was the Nash with the saw blade on top, the neon green Nash plastic trucks. Uh-huh. So you know, that like immediately I knew I was like, this thing's a piece of shit. When I saw <laughs> Zach Spears had a board, I was like, this thing is, is, you know, this is a pro board right here. This is what you're actually going to be able to skate on. So he hooked it up and uh, we would ride BMX and carry our boards on handlebars and shit. And mm. I, I think he had like a Muska. It was right when the Muska silhouette board was oh, hitting. Yeah. Yep. And uh, my grandmother took me to Fat City Skate Shop in Peachtree City, which is right outside Noonan, kind of in between Noonan and Atlanta. And I picked out a wet willy board. Ah. I, I, wanted, I really wanted the Muska, but uh, she liked the wet willy board a lot. And she was buying it. And I was like, I don't really care because I'm trying to just slide that graphic right off. Okay. So yeah, that was, uh, it was like third grade, somewhere around there. Um, kind where, of, where, where, where would you take it? Where'd you, did you, were there hallways or like, where'd you go? Like to like, kind of get, get your balance and figure uh, out the whole thing. The, I mean, obviously your own driveway. Um, and I had the curbs going down my, my road that uh. they weren't, they weren't slappy curbs. They were the rounded curbs like speed bumps. Yeah. So kind of carving those is my first memory of skating for sure. And then at the elementary school, it was skatable from my house to get there. Um, kind of cut through the neighborhood and some little, some little wood patches, probably some people's backyards that, you know, these days they'd be like, what the fuck? But uh, seeing like these dudes skate the loading dock, there was a couple older guys that was like seeing them skate the, the loading dock and this little kind of like handicap ramp. That was where I was like, really saw street skating at first. And the dude had like a duct tape, duct tape covered backpack, all <laughs> studied the whole thing, you know, straps and everything. And the other guy was, uh, and he was like real punk, you know, he was like spiked hair and crazy and MXPX and no FX and all this shit all over him. Uh. And he ripped. And once I got in with him and this other dude, they kind of showed me the ropes. They kind of showed us all the ropes. That dude was Spencer Peterson. And uh, I can't remember the other guy's name who was really good. But they kind of showed me and Zach Spears and these other guys, like, what the deal was, I think. Okay. So skating behind the school, basically, in the neighborhood behind the school and, like, any loading dock in the general area, that was that was it. Uh-huh. Or those guys like knew how to ollie already. Yes, definitely. So you so see there was like that? some concrete. There was some concrete benches. Yeah, that like uh, stackable. You know, they were like decorative. So they had the two legs to stand up and the concrete slab you can set on top. So they were like waxing the hell out of those and kind of catching a grind and a slide, and then they would ollie over them, and then they would take the slab off and put it on the ground and do like manual tricks and all that. So it was like a it's like a, you know, a little transformer box manual pad thing that they just 
mess with. So you, as soon as you saw him snap over the bench, sitting up, it was like, that guy's good. That's, that's what we're aiming for. We got to snap over the bench now, you know? Okay. So they were good. They were good already. Okay. I had no clue clue what I was doing. It was like pushing Mondo, (laughs) you know, doing all the wrong things. Yeah. That's what's funny. I, I think about it back like the same way as like, it wasn't like people were nice, you know, people aren't telling you that you're doing the wrong thing in a nice way. Like the way, I don't know, just life absolutely is, not. No, that's so not. crazy. The dude, the dude Spencer, like one of the first times I hung out with him and this always made an impression on me. He like, let me come to his house and he was a drummer and he fucking killed it on the drums. I'm sure he's still a musician to this day. Yeah. Um, he was, he was an amazing drummer, but he, uh, you know, I told you he had like all the music stickers all over his backpack and all his garb and whatnot, you know? And he wouldn't tell me, I was like, who, who, who is this that sings this? He wouldn't tell me, you know, he's like, fuck that. I ain't telling you who this is, you know? So I was like, immediately knew. And he did, he did tell me not to push Mongo, um, pretty quickly, but you know, you don't really get that stuff in the beginning. You're kind of mm-hmm. like, you either take it with a grain of salt or don't. Right. But I was pretty good at listening to the, I always hung out with older people because my brothers were, I have two older brothers. Okay. You know, I don't know if I'm jumping around a bunch, but. No, that's no, all good. Yeah, growing up um, with two older brothers, each consecutively two years older than me, mm-hmm. they never did any extreme sports really they were more like uh athletes in soccer and my oldest brother was like a a state champion wrestler oh damn Um, so when i got into skating it was definitely like this rebellious thing you know i was the youngest i was the youngest at the time my parents had another my little brother when i was 11 so there's four boys total Mm -hmm. but yeah man who are like, how soon are you kind of like uh, looking in magazines or seeing skate videos and kind of figuring out who like the pro dudes are and shit? And like, immediately, like, uh, right. The dude Zach Spears had uh, the storm. Oh, okay. The Osiris video. Uh-huh. And that was besides the first video I've ever watched was um, the Torque video, which oh. was Thomas's company. So that was uh, that was through another kid that lived in my neighborhood, Ben Hayes, and okay. he was a he was a pretty sick skater too. But Zach had uh, Zach had the storm and some other videos, and his dad was also a musician who played guitar. So they had thrashers and they had slaps and stuff around the house. So I knew when I went to Zach's house, Ben didn't have that stuff. The only reason Ben Hayes had the uh, the torque video was because his mom is a sister of a, another guy who had a ramp or something in the neighborhood. He knew Thomas and all this and that. So there was this weird connection, you know. Okay. So that was a trip that I that was like one of the first videos I saw. Yeah. But, uh, when I went to Zach Spears' house, I knew I'm like, he's got thrashers. They got, you know. I'm not a musician at all, but they got guitars and they got old skateboards. His dad's got old stuff. Like it is a cool spot. Yeah. Sick. For sure. 
so, so I immediately saw the mag and was like, you know, checking that stuff out. Who were your dudes? Who would you like put a photo up on your wall of or like get stoked on their video part and rewind and watch it again or those kind of things? I mean, probably in the beginning because of what I was introduced to, I loved uh, I loved Jerry Sue. Jerry Sue. I, uh, to me, he had something different than a lot of the other guys, but I also yeah. love, you know, the jumping off huge stuff. Mm. So. I wouldn't say I had Josh Casper on my wall, but you're like, this guy, <laughs> he's flying parking lot to parking lot, you know? Yeah. Obviously, like the main, like you knew who the sickest dudes were, you know, I had guns on my wall right. and like Nottis. I loved the older stuff. So, of course, I was like, hell yeah, Chad Muska. Hell yeah, Jamie Thomas at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. But. I had a huge appreciation for like the older stuff because I guess we just kind of were taught that, you know? So definitely, definitely had like some of the OGs on the wall, the soy blasting, um, stuff like that. Did you have, and then, to- there, and then there'd be an element poster, you know, <laughs> like what fuck? <laughs> Colt cannon, nose grind. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, dude. It was like your sticker wall, you know, like I just wanted <laughs> skate photos everywhere yeah you know, my mom hated it but she let me at least have like one full wall did your peers like the dudes that kind of brought you up or whatever did they kind of enforce some like logic of like like i always relate to it like the uh beatles and the and the rolling stones right they're both amazing bands but when i was a kid the question was always like who do you like more like you have to pick it's either the beatles or the rolling stones and it kind of went to skateboarding for us. Like it was either Gons or not us. They're both amazing, but who's your guy? And so we always were like, Gons was our guy, but like, I don't know, not us video parts and stuff like in this, in the, the wall ride and that whole epic thing. Yeah. Like, that kind of was our shit. Like when yeah. that came out, it was, it was, I mean. They're just so, they're both so impressive in different ways. They're, you know, you're like, mm. No, duh, the Gons is the man. But then you see Nottis doing what he's doing. You're like, obviously, he is there a new best or is there ever a best? You can't really decide, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, in my formative years, I feel like I didn't have, like, um, the super older guys who are like, this is what's right and wrong, you know? Like, mm. there was a point where I was really into Chad Muska. And mm. definitely tried to like have that thuggish, you wow. know, style or whatever. And then there was a point where I was really into like Cairo Foster and Pop War and Kenny Reed, you know. So I was like, damn. Throughout time, you know, I had so many different favorite skaters and would definitely try to emulate their style and shit. And mm-hmm. um, I, it's it's kind of hard to say like who who the best or your favorite was at any given point in time. Were you aware of Thomas? Like, did you know of him early on? So, yeah, when I saw the Torque video, um, he kind of told me, my friend Ben told me, like, this guy has a skateboard shop in Atlanta, you know, and this is, like, my mom knows knows it. And there's a ramp. And when we went, when we finally made it to this ramp that was in this guy's garage, I think his name was Judd. Um, It was covered in boxes and shit. We didn't even get to skate it. It was like... Uh. 
search for animal chin and then you got totally shut down. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he kind of, he kind of told me the, the lore of like, my mom knows this Thomas Taylor who owns the shop and his kids skates. Look at, you know, you see Grant Taylor, he's six years old in that video. So we were, you know, I got a few years on Grant. So it's like, I'm four years older than Grant. Okay. He turned 30 or 31 just now. Mm. So, um, yeah, I kind of knew definitely Stratosphere and Thomas, but my mom worked closer to, uh, to ruin skate shop at the hospital she was working at at the time, uh-huh. which was a different skate shop. And my introduction to all that was like in Noonan when I was, um, probably, I don't know, like 14, 15, they opened a pu- uh, public skate park or a, pri- a private skate park, an indoor one, you know? So Jeremiah Babb, Kurt Crocker, That's okay. Bill Kent, um, Mike Summers, like Mike Devine, all these Atlanta legends. Yeah. Not all those guys work there, but Jeremiah Babb. Shout out. And Kurt manages Stratosphere now. He worked at Factory. Okay. So that was like my first real introduction to like knowing anybody who was an Atlanta skater. Yeah. You know, was yeah. through the skate park in Noonan. Who? There's one other dude. When I first started working at Thrasher and we were making the videos, we used to laugh because every video we got the token footage of Jeremiah Babb and one other dude from down in Atlanta. We'd get the tapes. It'd be like always sick. And you're just like, these guys are bringing it. And like, that was our only connection. We didn't really know them, but we knew they were yeah. good and they knew to send their footage in. But I forget the other guy's name, but it was like, Every video you'd see him in. I'm there. gonna get. I'm gonna guess John Sheffield. I don't think that's it. I, I don't know. He, he just had some epic clips. You know that triple set uh, round rail that's kind of low that people skate this year. He back five owed it, balanced. Oh. And he was like the rail wizard, John Sheffield. Okay. Um, but I mean, those guys that I just named. Yeah, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah was Mike tough. Sweat. Mike Sweat's pretty was pretty huge at that time too. He did a lot of like big kink rails and stuff. But he's from North Carolina. But he okay. had he was hey, kind of in the crew. Yeah, but that's not too far, right? Raleigh or where? No, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, so it might have yeah. been a dude from North Carolina too, and Jeremiah. Because I almost want to say on that skate rock trip when we were down there, Graham Bickerstaff, dude. That's that's the guy. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! Of course, no, yeah. Graham's fucking gnarly. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy, Graham. I can't and- believe I was. I, I feel like for some reason that Graham's a little bit younger than those dudes, but I guess he's not. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. still in that same generation. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, he rode for World and Dogtown and stuff. You know, he had ads and he had a big brother cover. Right. Yeah, she bit. So not being from like California is a whole different ball game. We all know that like the rest of the country, a lot of the people gravitate towards California to be a part of this scene. Cause most of the industries here, but sure. you got, you got these dudes that are hooked up and stuff. So does that give you kind of like a little drive of like, Hey, I could, I, I, there's a chance it's for all of us. Possible. Yeah. Well, um, 
I mean, I never, I never even tripped on like, I guess I, we all growing up talked about getting sponsored and stuff, but I never like was like, I'm going to be a pro skater. This is what I'm pursuing. Mm. So to see, um, I feel like a lot of the dudes like Jeremiah and Graham and everybody was a, you got like that blue collar vibe. Like these dudes aren't just skating. They work a job and then they're skating, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was already kind of inset in my brain. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to work, you know, like there wasn't. And I mean, I came out to California for a little bit, mm-hmm. not like pursuing. I just came to skate and have fun, you know, but that was, that's later down in my story. But yeah. yeah uh, I definitely see it like seeing like Jeremiah and Graham and those guys in the videos. You're like, all right, the ATL dudes are in the Thrasher video. Like, you know, maybe one day I will be in Thrasher too. Yeah, totally. That's what I'm saying. And then like, is there some sense of pride? Like that's our dude, you know, like, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, you're representing, you know, it's kind of feels like a little bit more of a challenge right? because we don't have, the staff photographers who live here and the filmers who are contributing to, you know, the production. So it's like everything that we're doing and it's kind of always been this way. It's like, we're doing it and then you ship it off or whatever and see if it makes it, see if you get it in there. Yeah. And to me, especially um, in my filming technique or documenting skating at all, like, which is somewhat non-existent, don't feel like um it's like i'm not even paying attention if somebody is filming me necessarily there's a there's definitely a couple times where i'm like i want to go get this clip and hope that it makes it in the video which is like while you while you may see a singular clip of me in an anti-hero video at you know some point in time but it's like i got one snuck in there you know you kind (laughs) of got to work for it you know it's like fuck i'm not out filming every day filming a video part and that so i think uh i think more than filming a video part just wanting to get a photo in the mag was like way more of a big deal to me okay right yeah because once it's in the mag it's just like that's forever and it's printed in history yeah Yeah. so i think that that meant a lot more to me um plus anytime i see footage of myself i am self-conscious and think i suck Mm. so naturally when you get a good photo and you're stoked on it and people are stoked on it. That's, you know, you're like, that's right, bitch. That's right here. Here's a mag. What was like growing up in Atlanta skating and stuff? I mean, there's definitely some hood out there and whatnot. Was there any like gnarly shit that you saw as a kid that like kind of taught you the ropes on how to like be street smart in the future and travel? And yeah. I mean, just like anywhere, man. I mean, you, you know, kind of when you're pushing the limit and when you're take when you're going somewhere that you probably shouldn't be. And that's us all the time. We're always trying to sneak in somewhere or, you know, it's like standard in skateboarding. You're naturally going to be breaking the law. So, um, trespassing and whatnot, but, uh, certain instances in specific would be hard to think of off the top of my head, but I, I definitely know like, whether it was the cops or like a neighborhood local or anyone, you kind of always knew like you always got your lesson taught to you pretty, 
pretty quick. You know what I mean? Like you're going to, they get the message across pretty quick. I don't know if I'm saying this the right way, but uh, there's never been like that thing at the dish where they got like shot at and shit. I haven't really had that no. per se when we're skating or anything. Okay. But I think we get, got robbed a couple times and kind of jumped and stuff. And, you know, you got to be always protective of your camera gear and shit. And don't let that camera guy be slipping. You know that. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's what they're after. You know what I mean? Typically when you're out skating with the crew, they're coming after the camera gear. So, right. Um, always the funniest one with the camera in South Africa. And I'm pretty sure it was Sam Muller left his like little digicam on the dash or something. And P-Stone was like, they're coming for your shit. Then they're coming for my shit. Yeah. Tighten it up. <laughs> Don't leave anything out, you know? So yeah, throughout time um, and having big brothers who also were, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't skateboard, but they got into some trouble. So you kind of knew it's like, don't get caught. <laughs> yeah. I guess is the best advice I could give you. Yeah. I mean, it's true though. Like don't leave shit. Like don't, don't. You know leave. the side of town not to go to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what side of town not to go to. I'm not going to like, not to say anything bad, but it's like there are certain neighborhoods on the west side of the city or where or anywhere. It's right. like you, you may not know. Yeah. You know? So it's yeah. always good when you're coming into town or going into somebody else's town to try to get with the local and be like, is this spot gonna be hood? Or are we good to go? Like these days it seems like fucking everything's fair game. Everybody's drinking beer and smoking out the van. You're just like Okay, here we go. He's gonna grind the rail. Hopefully he hurts if he does it so we can roll. Yeah. Fucking block party. It's so crazy. You have your keep your head on a swivel, man. Always. Learn that it's, at a very early age. It's crazy to me the mentality people like I mean, like Alex Rodriguez, pro baseball player, he came to San Francisco, left his laptop and his jewelry in his car, parked it on the street. And I'm just like, who does that? Like, that's not like something that you need to learn. Everyone should know not to do that. Have you never seen a sign that says, like, (laughs) don't leave items visible in your car? Like, (laughs) come on, man. You can't. He's a professional athlete, you know. Yeah. Baseball player, though. He hadn't hit his head too many times. Do you remember getting your free first free thing, like at a contest or a shop or or somebody hooked you up or something? I I think so. Yeah. so like before factory skate park, there was, there was another park called cloned BMX and it was a gnarly, like it was a full on, it was kind of this crazy little warehouse that had like a full on roll in ski jump wall ride. It was not a skate park, you know, Mm. but we would go there and skate and it was in Fayetteville, Georgia. And, uh, they had a contest and I was pretty young, but I, I like, did like a frontside 180 off the deck of the roll-in or something, you know, something stupid like that. And I remember mm-hmm. winning, like I, I won something, a board or something, you know, okay. and uh, it wasn't my first, I guess that was like kind of my first sponsor. These guys were starting a skateboard company called illusion skateboards. Whoa, this is the illusion reporting from somewhere on spaceship earth. They actually did make boards at one point. The skateboards were not an illusion completely. Um, <laughs> 
It was but, after the uh, illusion flip. They kind of that kind of came to fruition when Factory Skate Park opened up, and I was there skating. So I was on the factory team. The guy who owned it, the kid lived down the street from me. So they were kind of like these vert dad coaches, not the one who owned it necessarily, but they kind of insisted on a lot of rules and a very like Christian environment and stuff. And we were teenagers. So, you know, we were exploring marijuana and shit. And <laughs> like, so there was that balance of like, okay, you're on the factory team and then you're getting kicked out of the skate park, you know? And like, they're always trying to make you wear your elbow pads and you try to be like, Oh, I got like a ripped up sock on my elbow. This is my elbow pad, you know, like, right. Uh, it was, it was one of those things where you're, you know, the kid there, there was a 13 foot vert ramp. So like a couple of the kids were like, their dads were like kind of coaching them on the vert ramp and stuff. And it was kind of this weird vibe. Mm -hmm. So some of the other gang was like, we're street skaters, you know, are my dogs. Can you hear my dogs? I don't even answer questions like that. The vert, the vert, uh, five got ruined for me kind of early in the game oh. um which i regret big time because i feel like had i got on that burr ramp and like learned errors and inverts and all that stuff um it you know could have taken my skating to a different level mm. but i i don't trip on that uh in a sense of like if i could go back because yeah. i know like you just, I wasn't vibing with those guys and the other kids we would go, we're like, we're diehard street skaters now. Fuck that Burt vibe. Mm. We want to skate street only. And obviously we're, you know, getting into some other activities like smoking weed or yeah. drinking Arbor Mist wine in the woods that somebody <laughs> stole from their mom's cabinet, you know? So um, that was like my first sponsor, Illusion Skateboards or Factory Skate Park, I guess to not get too far off topic from the question. And uh, yeah, I knew that both of those weren't legitimate sponsors and they weren't like, you know, it wasn't where I wanted to be. So illusion kind of died out pretty quick. Okay. And I was like, I wasn't really vibing with that team either. So you kind of got like one, the, the main thing for me that got me kind of into, uh, I'd say like, into the little niche with the, with the Atlanta skate scene or crew was Jeremiah working at the, at the skate park and Kurt Crocker working at the skate park. Mm. And they kind of took me to Atlanta. And when I turned 16 and got a car, I was like, fucking I'm driving to Atlanta every chance I get, mm. you know, and meeting up with these guys and skating. And they let me and Jeremiah got me on ruin skate shop, which Ian McPherson owned. And my mom would shop at Ruin. And then a couple years later was when I met Grant and kind of knew, like, I wanted to be a part of Stratosphere. Okay. So I'd say Stratosphere was my first for real deal. Like, this is skateboard history. This is my first real sponsor. I'm a part of a team that this means something to me. Yeah, like I'm where I, I, I'm back and where I'm at. Yes. Okay. Like, what year was that around? I'm, I can't believe I'm hanging out with these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> what, year awesome. was, what year was that around? 
I probably got on Stratosphere when I was like 17. Hopefully nobody quotes me on that, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was probably, you know, 17, like junior year of high school or something. Cause I was driving <laughs> to Atlanta so much and, uh, Kurt introduced me to Thomas. It was kind of like a, it was almost like a team tryout. And me and this other guy, Ryan Kelly, went, met Thomas and Kurt and skated some spots in Atlanta. And Thomas filmed us. And Ryan ollied this really big gap. And I was like, fuck, man. Like, we skated these regal banks, these white banks. And I was trying to rip them or whatever. I didn't think I was doing much. And I thought, he ollied that gap. He's going to get on the team. Yeah. Like, that was my chance, you know. But everything was cool. Thomas was cool and everything. Uh, he's kind of a freak, which he is. He probably doesn't even remember that, but <laughs> Kurt really pushed for me, I think. And when I met Grant, Grant was like, Pat's going to be on stratosphere. Like, you know, so I was just hyped to be part of the, part of the gang and getting like an ATL board. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did they already have the bowl or not yet? No. Um, the bowl was not built yet. The backyard okay. was like, backyard was kind of like just a mud hole back there at that point in time. Okay. There's Damn. some crazy footage of like some other guys partying back there. And I don't know who was doing it, but he had like a fucking motorcycle helmet on and he's jumping off Grant's garage, like a fucking spear into the deep end of the bowl where the bowl is now. Uh -huh. And you're like, it's freaky <laughs> to watch. Cause you think he's going to get sucked in there like fucking jello or something and not get out, but he comes back out and you're just like, whoever that is, is psycho. Like, I can't <laughs> believe he dove into that, but um, his, the backyard went through phases. There was a ramp back there and there was some other weird little concrete, uh, oh. buddy that was built and it's definitely grown. We just poured back there like two or three months ago. Oh, more shit. All the top decks had sunk and kind of were all jacked up. Uh -huh. So we tore out a lot of the top deck area. Grant had bought the house um, kind of caddy corner or whatever, like one house over to uh -huh. the backyard kind of connect. Oh, so funny story was Grant was out of town and Preston was in town and the fence was pretty rickety already. So what better fun on a rainy day than to tackle this fence over, you know, enjoy yeah, the seen this one, Pat. Yeah. I, I got to show you this one. <laughs> exactly. You think you got that fence tackle right there? <laughs> so we dismantled the whole fence and Woo! I think Grant caught like a video or something. And there was a, there was definitely some words shared uh -huh. that were, were not the happiest, but we were like, there's already a concrete slab back there. It was so perfect to join the yards and do something uh, more. Right. But we did stake claim on a little parcel of uh, Grant's turf, I guess. So ah. the backyard property lines back there are pretty suspect as it is. <laughs> so, yeah, we poured a little top area that's pretty fun, a little quarter pipe and some stuff that you can whip around and roll into the bowl, and it's really nice and, nice and yeah. smooth. GT just came back and did some madness. Right, dude. When yeah. I the first time I went there was '92. Uh, me and Phil drove there for uh, the amateur finals. Was at this place called the Skate Zone. Was that place dust already? When it's you done. no, I've been there. Oh, so that was Snellville. That had Wait. like a a ramp. No, I'm sorry. 
there's skate that was skate zone and there's skaters extreme. So I had, I think I had been to skaters extreme and not skate zone. That may have been before my time. Do you know where it was? It was in Atlanta and it was, what? there was a spine ramp, a vert ramp, uh, a bowl, that's the the bowl. And, and then there was a mini ramp with a hip and then yeah. they had like an outdoors area. It was sick. That one was before me and there's, Amazing footage of like Jimmy O'Brien and Blaze Blown. Shout out. Yeah. There's guys there for sure. Never got to skate there. That was way before me. But skaters extreme. Um, There's some footage in the torque video of Grant and Thomas and Jason Guthrie and those guys skating. It's a tiny little spine ramp. It's hilarious. But uh, that was another park that was a come and go in the early days. Okay. I think I was trying to figure it out earlier. Did we meet at Hewitt's? Was that the first time I ever met you? Uh, was it at his house? I mean, he obviously like lives me and Pre- me and Preston stayed there, and you were staying there already. And we came in like uh, it might have been for Ramona, the first Ramona. Me was and Preston Jake were huh? It was no. Jake no, no, it was me and it was before Skate Rock. Obviously, it right. was like it was like me so, and yeah, Preston came in, and then I remember the three of us like there was two on the floor one on the couch and uh I, we had the edit station over by the kitchen and pete would make smoothies and we would fucking do the edit in the morning of the previous day right and i feel like it was maybe there was like an event it was either i think it might have been the first ramona or something probably rumbling ramona because i was there um i don't think it was mm. the first one but maybe the second okay yeah um Cause I kind of went to rumble in Ramona, like, no. And I was like, oh man, Pete's going to be high on mushrooms. Cause I think I saw like stuff from the previous year or something. So uh, I was already, like, oh boy, here we go. But that may have been the first time that we met. If your memory served you correctly, yeah. um, I was going to maybe say skate rock, but I, I was unsure of when the first time we met was. So no, that was what the trip was. Cause then on skate rock, you and Grant jumped in, in Atlanta. And I was like, right. and I was like, okay. I met you and Pete at like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just kind of jumped in the van on that one. Um, the skate rock where we met, but that, and that was my first skate rock, right? Yep. Yeah. It was grants too. Yeah. So you guys did the Reno, um, that right. one where, where uh, Trixie and then Trixie and Tony got married. That was the first one. Yeah. Las Vegas to Seattle. That. Yeah. Yeah. That one right. was, they were all amazing, but, uh, so yeah, I would go and stay at Pete's house. That how'd you, like, how'd you meet Pete? Um, I guess probably through Tom Grom. Mm. I think, right I think right. I met Tom Grom maybe at Tampa or something. Mm. And he was like, yeah, come. He wrote for antihero and I was getting boards from him. He was like, come stay with me in San Diego and come skate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm definitely into it. And Tom, uh, I think he was a little younger than me. And maybe I was about 20 or something. And I don't know if I had met Pete yet or not. Me and Tom, like, I ended up, uh, maybe he was busy or had to do something with his parents or something. Or maybe he just didn't want me staying at his house because I was, like, looking like a scumbag or sketchy or something. Because I had, like, a shaved head, like, real brand new shaved head and stuff uh-huh. um and i think the first the first thing i remember was we went to carmel valley and 
at skate uh, park. Yeah. And I don't think it was like a helmet thing at the time, but Navarrete was there and Pete and I don't know if this is the first time I met Pete, but this is just like our, one of the first things I remember going to San Diego was uh, we went to Carmel Valley Park and like I said, I had a shaved head and I don't know, whatever, skating and the cop just comes in and just comes gunning for me, you know, like comes right after me, sits me down, starts asking me all these questions. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, I just got off the airplane from Atlanta, like just got brought here by some friends of mine, like just trying to skate, you know, and like search me and made me leave the park. I'm pretty sure. I think Navarrete kind of was talking shit to the cop or something, but huh. Yeah, I was like, fuck, all right, like, Ooh, these dudes are going to love me, fucking, <laughs> what, I'm just a fucking cop magnet as soon as I get off the plane over here, so I kind of felt bad, I was like, fuck, what's going on, like, right out the gates, getting heckled, but, yeah, I started staying, uh, I stayed at fucking Neil Headings, oh. and uh, I wasn't staying with Pete, I was staying with Neil Headings, and Neil was like going through some shit, you know, don't, don't have to get into that. But uh, <laughs> one who knows him could assume what he was getting into. Yeah. And I was kind of oblivious to any of that, you know? Okay. And when Pete, I think when Pete caught wind that I was staying over at Neil's house, he was kind of like, hey, Pat, you're going to come stay with me. Um, you know, it's cool. Come stay with me. Like, no worries. Mm. So he didn't want me getting into anything that I probably shouldn't have been which is awesome. Thank you, Pete. I love you. Pete Peace. and me have always had like a pretty close relationship, um, traveling on the road and shit. And he's one of the, one of the dudes that I've like, I can go stay at his house and his wife isn't bothered with me. And, you know, like we, uh, we don't bother each other. It take, it take a solid two weeks to really get on each other's nerves. You know what I mean? Yeah, Pete Mello. He's such a like I was Smoke always a lot of beat together. <laughs> but his he's he ain't stressing. Like his hospitality no. is great always. No, top shelf all the time. Mm. Um he kinda I love Pete because he's real set in his ways too, yeah. which I am. So it's kinda like you we operate on a, a schedule and it's good, you know. He's he's always pushing some skating for sure. Because here's the thing. So at that time, Pete's different now, but at that time he would sleep in. That was his deal. He didn't like to wake up before a certain time. And I remember Preston, Preston knew him a lot better than I did. And I was on Preston's back, you know, like Preston's, Preston's like, waking up early. Don't blow this, Smitty. I'm giving you, I'm letting you in on this. If I told you, you know, giving you the whole spiel. Right. But so what we would do is we'd walk down to Dog Beach and get breakfast burritos and take a dip. And that's where I got the photo of you and Preston coming out of the water, I think. The photo of me and Preston coming out of the water, if I'm thinking about the right one, is the I believe was on Saints and Sinners tour. No, it's at Dog Beach. I took it. I didn't go on Saints and Sinners. Damn, really? I yeah. always thought that was on Saints and Sinners. So that's a trip. And I'm pretty sure that was the first time I, I met you. That, though. Yeah. Because Preston had the sick back then that it's not there anymore, but there was a fucking breakfast burrito spot right on the beach. And when he took me there the first time, 
all I wanted to do was go back to San Diego. So we could, it was the best breakfast burritos. I just love waking up on the beach. I've always been into the, like, it's like a Hawaii vibe or something. Yeah. So you're, you're totally right. Uh, we would have to be pretty quiet in the morning. Uh-huh. So we probably did. I, I'm an early riser. Yeah. Whether I'm like partying Same. or not. So definitely I, now that you say that, I do remember that. Thanks for jogging my memory a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So I had no idea that you took that photo. That's thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Appreciate that. I love that photo. But it was literally probably like within a year that we, or no, was it a little longer after that that we went on that skate rock trip? So skate rock was, was that 2010. 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was 2010. And you guys came to Atlanta, so I could I had already kind of known, um, you know, Peabody's with you guys, and I know Peabody, and yeah, the I think I had just kind of known. Like I think there was a Baker tour before that, so I knew Sammy Baca, and I knew fucking I think was Noobs there, Noobs was yeah. there, right? I think and, so. Yeah. Uh, Braden and everybody, I kind of already met everybody through skating and whatnot. So for some reason, I feel like I just. You know how skating is. It's like you and me. We've met like throughout time only a, a handful of times, but we're total bros. You know, it's like so you guys showed up in Atlanta and uh, I kind of just tagged along on that. Jake was like, Peabody, this is your guy. Peastone, this is your guy. Is he in? You know, and they're like, he's in. I'm like, fucking, I'm definitely in. I'm, I'm in. I'm, please let me in. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you had a cast on, right? Had a big old cast on my uh it was actually this hand i had like pins shooting out of my thumb yeah screws screws in my yeah i had this club and i still have that cast because i got the whole skate rock crew to sign it oh sick so it's like it's in a shoebox somewhere or something down okay. in the storage room i think because <laughs> it i had it laying around for a while like down in the basement or something i'm like this thing is fucking insane that that was a really good one. I remember the first night was uh, Raleigh, I think, or it was like a small college town, not no, Raleigh. It was Athens. It, Athens, that's where it was. That's and, where Keystone went haywire, and you were on duty. And he, yeah, he, Preston looked at me. He's like, I'm taking one night off on this trip, and it's tonight. He's like, you got this one. And he just put the demo of a lifetime. Are you out of your mind? I know. I fucking... Head first slide the through the I witnessed floor, the entire thing like, firsthand. It was so like, good. That was incredible. He's just like clearing the whole fucking bar, basically, you know, just put very, very gently removing people, you know. It wasn't like <laughs> there was no like malicious no. violence. It was just yeah. more like shoo, 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 like yeah. this fucking slow motion ninja Taekwondo. move. Through. You're not good. Like he was making some big launches for sure. Jumping <laughs> off the stage and doing some spins, probably a bar stool jump or something. Yeah. yeah. That trip started off, uh, super heavy, just like every single one always has, you know, you guys got to Atlanta. I think Jake got knocked out on the wall, split mm. his head open. You passed out <laughs> fucking E-man jumps off the fucking bridge, smashes through the curb, mm-hmm. fucking sitting on a bag of ice the whole trip. P-Stone comes out hot first night, first show. It was like immediately you already knew. You're like, oh, my God, this is going to be crazy. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, who I love my favorite is uh, Jake's like on stage. He's like, Peace Stone, go get me a beer. And Peace Stone's like, Fuck you. Where's my fucking beer, damn it? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like without even hesitation, it was just like. Fuck you! That was so sick. God damn it. Any other time, you know, he'd probably have one in his back pocket for the old man. But, you know, when, you, when you're throwing out the call out, you're like, come on, Jake. Yeah. Fuck up. Did you have you missed one since then? Have you been on most of them or? Uh, I think I've been on all of them. Did you go to Australia? Yeah. So Australia was the first time I left the country. Huh. Um. And I turned 23 in Australia on the on the tour, which they fucking held no shame in putting the video clip of me in the back of the van. Like, I don't know how many bottles of Jim Beam I had drank that day. I had a huge staph infection in my ankle. And it was just like, we went to the U-Pipe in Australia on my birthday. Oh. And I was, you know, obviously... Australia was crazy. Like we flew in, we get there. It's like, you know, it's a long flight. It's first time out of the country. I'm like, all right, I'm on skate rock. I'm with the crew. Like I'm going to do this. It's fucking, I'm going to kill it. You know, I'm going to skate my ass off or whatever. We're in the van and fucking they're like, Hey, you guys want some fucking acid? It's a whole bag of sugar cubes. And I'm like, no way, Jack. Like, not gonna dig into that just yet i uh -huh. just got here let's take it slow you know <laughs> but you know they're passing around a bottle of jameson i'll hit that bottle of jameson and little did i know that the jameson had a ton of sugar cubes in it so oh. if so fact though i just fucking put myself on a big ride right out the gates tied for like the first four days straight basically Damn. like not sleeping not really pulling it, you know, not pulling my weight or I didn't feel like it, you know, mm. but we're camping with Lee Ralph and P stone and just this fucking crew of maniacs, you know, the list of fucking skaters that were with us. So yeah, you just kind of fucking do your best when you don't have a choice. But, uh, yeah, that was but that was my second skate rock experience and first out of country. And yeah, we've made it to that U pipe on my birthday, which was nearing the end of the trip. So I wasn't on acid then, uh -huh. um, but I was drunk from playing on my birthday. Right. I'm just like, I don't even remember being at the U pipe. <laughs> oh, like don't even remember being there. There's footage of me rolling in and doing some tricks and stuff. And, uh, mm. I'm stoked about that, but, always wanted to go there made it there don't remember it it's like how wow that's but you know it was my birthday it's not the first time i've blacked out but definitely one of those ones where you're like made it out of that pretty clean yeah you know so that's that was my first introduction to uh overseas skate rock 30 skaters high on acid camping i think we camp like every night i don't really remember there was a couple nights that we got hotels and stuff um, yeah that's what nude said he said 
pretty much thought he camped every night, but like maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Dustin had some hotels lined up in his hometown or something. Ah. Which was, you would think it would be a refresher, but it wasn't. It was just every show, you know, like looking back at that footage is so hilarious because we're just like, like in Atlanta or uh, on the, the uh, Atlanta to New York one in Carolina, you know, and they lit the fireworks off in the bar. It's like, oh yeah, you know, flipping, flipping on the table. Watching the footage of that is so hilarious to me because I'm like, a, dude, like a flip on this really sturdy table like, with some intention of thinking I'm going to break it or something. I don't know, but we were just wiling out so hard. So when you see the footage of us at the shows, I just crack up because I'm like, God, we were, it's like, obviously we know the music ain't that great. You know, <laughs> like we're not like fucking ultimate fans. We're just like trying to hype it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that always kind of turned into there being a fight or, there being obviously broken glass and all that good stuff that, you know, a skate rock show needs. Yeah. What yeah, was that? What was the Shanghai scenario? Uh, the, the fight we got in. Yeah. That was like the first I night. That, too, I right? knew that would be a, I knew that would be a question. Um, well, Cause I wasn't on that one. And I've all like, seriously, from my perspective, I'm at the mag and like, the call came in like Tony got word and oh, it was right. like, it was like first night Figgy's got stitches. These guys almost got killed. Like it was just like the gnarliest, you know, overseas drama. And yeah. Uh, yeah. obviously when I saw the footage, like you guys jumping out of the raft, like that's the sickest shot. I think it's either you or neck face or both like jump out of the balcony. Is there, footage of, is there footage of that? I thought there is. I don't know, dude, but I mean, I, so, you know, I've, I've listened to a bunch of your episodes and I love to hear, uh, like, I think Nuge talked about it a little bit uh-huh. and I can't remember who else, but it was just one of those, uh, it was like a movie like scenario. We were in this, in this club and it had a balcony kind of overlooking the stage and the first band was kind of blowing it. I think they were called like love star or something along those lines. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think the dude's strings broke while he was playing and obviously it wasn't the vibe and some of the guys down on the ground floor were kind of talking shit. And I think the next thing I know, I saw somebody like swing at Peabody or something. I think I saw some, some fists getting thrown and I didn't even, I didn't even think about it really. I just fucking jumped the railing, you know, it was just, not even a thought in my mind. I just was, I wasn't even wasted at that place at all. Oh. Um, China was a good one for me. I was like, not on, uh, a, in a huge party mode per okay. se. We definitely were fucking partying the whole time. We're yeah. in China and Thailand and all this stuff. But I felt like I, I skated really good. But I remember that night and I was like, just kind of kicking it and wasn't really feeling drinking. And uh, I maybe had like a fucking screwdriver. Just be like, okay, some OJ, whatever. But yeah, I just hopped the railing straight onto the dude's back. And oh. just somebody was right there in front of me, and I just socked them. And it was just like kind of this fucking – the guys who were with us from Japan jumped in. And uh, it got like broken up or whatever, and those dudes got kind of muscled out. And 
then the next thing you know, I was chilling and Jake came in and he's like, Patty, need you outside right now. And I was like, what's up? Cruised out there. And I see like this lineup of fucking dudes like ready for fucking war. And I'm just like, okay, turn around, go right back in the bar. I'm like, yo, we need everybody. <laughs> Jake don't need me. Like we need everybody. And uh, I think Figgy probably blasted out the door hot um like what's going on you know and somebody had a bottle and sliced him and it was all in the fucking just the cartoon of tumbleweed fucking dust rocks and madness and right. that was also the one where i like turned around and grabbed somebody and was going to punch him and it was nuge Catalina. you know and i was like <laughs> oh shit fucking then just we both like turned around and, like punched somebody else like oh man it was it was like one movie scene to another, dude. It was a trip. And not to like, I don't want to talk about it like, fuck yeah, you know, like jock out on the fact that we got in this big brawl, but uh, it was scary. We're all yeah. just like tripping. We're like, holy fuck, this is gnarly. Like, why are these dudes coming back for more action? You know, like, it was just, we're, you're in a. And the communication barrier, like. Big language barrier, yeah. you know, it's like there's no communication going down. So. It's just fucking went haywire there for a minute. We got lucky that everybody was okay. I think Figgy got it the worst. I think Peabody got a bottle to the head and oh. maybe got sliced or something. And uh, Figgy got a bottle to the head and got sliced. But lucky but, for Skate Rock survivors, there's a nurse on call. Miss Trixie did a little stitch. Yeah, dude. Trixie and honestly, like myself, I've... Uh, I've always found myself bandaging people up and whatnot on the trips. So I've popped some shoulders back in. I've popped Nuja's shoulder back in, popped Grant's shoulder back in in South mm. Africa, um, popped my own shoulder back in in South Africa. Damn. And yeah, you know, we've had some medical incidences in the, on the scene. And right about that time, that exact moment that you're talking about, there's a good friend of ours that's back at the hotel trying to figure out where everyone is. And he happens to be the photographer. <laughs> Fucking left me at the goddamn hotel. No, getting no documentation of that. That would how epic because Neckface is blasting the fire out of yeah. the spray paint can, you know, in the battle. And fucking, I mean, the photos would have been fucking nuts, dude. That's like fucking top secret. That's that's probably uh Dude, I think what, Joe got lost. He was he was trying incriminating. To... That's incriminating evidence if it was documented. You know, like you're saying, there's footage of me jumping off this railing. I haven't seen that. Yeah, maybe not. I'm I maybe I I've heard story, this story the so many times that I visualized it. That's what I was saying. The story's been told so many times that everybody has this envision of like yeah. me fucking doing some sort of kill bill maneuvering. Yeah, and then like a bunch of bats came flying out. <laughs> the Thunderdome, you know, that Mad Max. It, was just, it just starts it, turning into the biggest story ever. And then it clips to the fucking directed by Quentin Tarantino, the fucking Like you wouldn't even see this in a movie, maybe. Like, you know, like you could even write this. Well, what do you think? Like, I, I never asked anybody this, but you've been on a lot of them and there's going to be a tough fucking answer. So don't think too hard. It doesn't have to be number one, but okay. out of all of it, what's the best thing you think you've seen go down like skateboarding wise? Um, are we asking on skate rock trips? 
Yeah, like out of all the trips, like Africa, U.S., China, Australia. Tough, yeah. Um, so can I even name all the skate rocks? It's like we did, <laughs> we did Atlanta to New York. Yeah, we did Australia. Mm-hmm. We did China and Thailand. Then we went to Japan. Oh yeah. Then, then we did uh, Detroit to New Orleans. Detroit to New Orleans, which wow, that was crazy. And South um, Africa, right? Well, South Africa was kind of we did no. South Africa rock. We did, but the, I went on like a hell ride kind of trip. Where first. Jake didn't make it. Jake didn't make the flight. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, but P Stone was there, and like Ronnie, Rainy, fucking Grant, Raven, yeah. Corey. That was a good um, one. If I'm leaving anybody else out, but uh, yeah. So the gnarliest, the question, back to the question, the gnarliest thing that I ever saw on skate rock, the best skating wise. Um, there were some mini ramp sessions in Japan and just Raven. I think in Japan, Raven was really on a tear um, at that, at that keyhole bowl. Um, uh. I think maybe Rowan going off that wall in that ditch. Okay. That's probably like that always, I filmed that on my like little dad cam or whatever uh-huh. that Thomas gave me. So I got to film that and I guess like, gnarliest he like slipped out and tore his butt you know so he's over in the fucking the ditch has water running through and he's over there with like some, some toilet paper piece don't have some toilet paper or something he's like <laughs> shoving toilet paper up his butt you know and then gets back up there and fucking does it like yeah we're a very very far way away from any sort of medical attention you know what i mean like it's that was pretty gnarly i thought that was cover worthy um yeah so that always to me was like on skate rocking specific one of those things um in china bombing down the great wall with omar salazar oh yeah that's one of the things that i feel like um my personal accomplishments like Omar jumped up there on that wall and fucking yanked off and bombed that hill. And Keystone was the only one who brought his board. None of us brought boards. So uh-huh. Preston carried his board. And thank goodness he did because once I saw Omar take that hill, I was like, I want to go to the top of this hill and fucking get some action. So I got to bomb it. I don't think, you know, it was pretty sketchy. There's a lot of people around, like, yeah, visiting the wall. And is the so wall those were super some, impressive? Those were top things. Come again? Is the wall super impressive? Like, is it to- it's like incredible? It- it's yeah. unreal. Uh-huh. Coming from somebody who's stacked a lot of rocks um, to build concrete on and shit, it's mm. it's unimaginable. You really have to go there to see it, and it's still even when you're there, it's super surreal. Definitely mm. one of those places where you're just like, you can't really comprehend the magnitude of such a piece of construction, you know, it's like, wow. Yeah. This is actually here. People right. built this, you know, mm-hmm. I, that, that's sounds silly, but no, that's most, one of the most impressive things. It's one of the seven wonders of the world. Is it not? I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's no joke. You ever been? No. I think Jake and Tony and them have been like two or three times. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. 
And yeah, it's, it's very, very, uh, I feel very like just honored to go on all those trips to be a part of it and see that much of the world and see it on a skateboard and see them world's best skateboarders fucking destroying the shit. And so really thankful I had all those times on that's that's my claim to fame skate rock. It's amazing energy. It's something you can't describe if you haven't been on it. It's just like Figgy doing handrails before breakfast to like right. the one that sticks out to me is always that one in Australia where it's like five of the best skaters ever to be on a skateboard going in a circle and just doing tricks and then all center heel kick flip when back Tony the kick, the kick and back you're tail. just like oh back tail yeah and dude. it's just like dude that one that, is came, out of, that came out of nowhere <laughs> that too that forever is the best kick flip backside tail slide ever done pretty much <laughs> and just like <laughs> with that crew of dudes just like you could just see it coming like something's no, about it was to... just building up and building up yeah. and building up you know and they were juicing off each other and fucking grant was floating some huge airs and then raven's right behind them and yeah yeah raven was on fire they all were really i mean when mm. you get those guys together it's only natural that you're gonna see something incredible and you yeah. had you had the posse there that's like it ain't your normal peanut gallery you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? like this is these are the guys that in my mind i'm like if i'm gonna fucking do something this is who i want to see it you know mm -hmm. this is the crew that's gonna hype me up the most to do all this scary shit you know and then I got to give a big shout out to our boy Fatty because that was always a highlight for me too when we he did the fucking Monday Night Football Gap in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, I think. Huge shout out to Fatty. <laughs> shout big out. Big love, dude. You know that. That was my brother. And, and, and Jeff Rowley's there just like, and he's, right? I mean, come on. Fatty doing a gap in front of Rowley? It was Jeff, like, somebody was down there sweeping it up, Trujillo yeah. or Jeff Rowley or something, and you know, you're like, Fatty's just killing himself on this gap, man. And it's like, that's what skate rock is right there because you have such a mashup of characters that this is his personal best right here. This is the one, of, I guess, probably his biggest gap he's ever tried or whatever. Mm. And the whole crew's so fired up. Like, you know, Rowley's so fired up. Did he end yeah. up making that? Nope. Remember, he got spray painted by either Trujillo body. or Neckface did yeah, the body. Did, did, yeah. <laughs> well, big love anyways. Yeah, <clears throat> to Fatty. This leads us to probably one of the bigger moments, too, in the history down there. I'm I'm assuming Atlanta this is before the Braves won the World Series. This is Grant Taylor winning Skater of the Year. When you hit party time. So that's 2011? That's 2011. Yep. And Nike rented the bus and had the fucking Mexican uh, dinner, I forget, down on Lombard Street, I think. We were somewhere. And Chet, Peastone, everybody filling, like, hats of beer, like, trying to like trying to take uh, the beer to go and, like, into-go <laughs> boxes. And that's before the party even started. There was, like, margaritas dumped into styrofoam to-go boxes or something. Yeah. I think, that's, I think that's what I recall. How high? I mean, 
I picked up Grant at the airport with Jake in a limo. We did the whole surprise. He came to SF and Jake's there with this sign. Yeah. That one, it's hard to always, you never can say the best, the most, all those things, because there's too many moments. But for me, and knowing Jake and knowing Jake's relationship with Grant, that one might be a little above almost every other one. Like that was a huge for the crew, for Jake, for Grant at that time. Yeah. The, the Atlanta crew coming in, Nike was like helping out and getting Grant started with his, like now he's got shoes and all, the whole deal. But like that was massive. And like getting the limo and picking him up at the airport with fucking the gut. And like, it's just insane. Like that was yeah, so I, I wasn't there for uh, the the pickup and the reveal, but I think I knew it was coming or something. Um, okay, but definitely was there for the skater of the year party because I think that the my story from there was discussed as well on a previous episode of how I went through a window Phoenix Hotel, Phoenix Hotel. Thank you. Because I was trying to figure out the name of that place uh, recently. Somebody was asking me about that story and. Um, Oh, my wife was going to uh, SF. Your wife gets denied. Sorry, your husband's banned at her hotel. <laughs> yeah, right. McLean, right? Uh, yeah. The story behind that one is we were partying, I guess, after the Sodi party. And Marcus, who works at Deluxe, uh -huh. um, we were all kind of resting around, bouncing around. And it was, it was innocent. Um, but I somehow went through the window. And it's like a fucking... I don't know, eight foot wide. It's a big window. It was a really, really big window. And I think it had a split in the middle and maybe went to the bottom. But John Alden pulled me out and the fucking glass that like the guillotine would have dropped and it dropped after I got pulled out, you know? Whoa. Holy cannoli. Oh my goodness. Heavy. Do you remember it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I wasn't even like because I, I was hammered that night. That Didn't was the even get like cut up or anything scot free. Whoa. And that was the night where a piece, uh, the cops coming in the hotel room and he's like, are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are, what are you doing behind that door? What are you yeah. doing behind the door? <laughs> yeah. Come out from behind the door. No. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was incredible. We had our oh, friend Rob Miller. Out that there happened the after that, though, right? That happened after the party, I think, yeah. No, I mean, going through the window was after the cop came in Peacestone Park? Because I was there at that part, but I wasn't there when you went through the window. It must have. Mm. The time of the events is probably skewed, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that I, I'm pretty sure I slept at the hotel that night, but yeah, there was some definitely some issues with... That was not my room. I did not have a room, so... Thank goodness. But, uh, you know, just always sneak in and sleep on somebody's floor, but not mm. the one with fucking glass everywhere. Yeah. I, I can't remember if the cops showed up and they had to deal with that or not, but right. whoever's room that was, I think they got moved to a different room. That was also the same skater of the year party where the dude that was playing, it was a, there was a rapper up on stage and some dude was talking to shit to him and then the guy got up and did a kickflip. Like, the, uh -huh. remember, like the guy was like, "Fuck you, you don't skate," or blah blah blah. And the guy's like, "Give me a board, I'll do a kickflip first try." Boom, shut the dude up. And I was like, "Yeah, there you go. send him packing." 
That's sick. I like that, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Mm. Represent somebody maybe calling you out. You're like, fuck you. I got you. This is what I do. I'm up here entertaining and rapping. You're trying to call me out on skating. We ain't skating uh -huh. right now, bitch. <laughs> I got you though. What, what about cool. uh, Grant's wedding? I, I wasn't there, but uh, you were there, right? I was at Grant's wedding. And yeah. uh, and Jake wasn't there for too long. <laughs> nah, Jake. Uh, Jake was pretty wasted. Uh -huh. You know that was that was obviously one of the tougher ones for everybody because uh, Preston was like scheduled to come and stay with me and my wife. Him and his wife were going to come stay, and we were all going to go to the wedding and stuff. So that happened like a week or so before Grant's wedding. So Jake was oh. pretty roughed up. Like he was, he was really hitting the soft super hard grant got married uh a week after preston passed away mm. and obviously hard to navigate a, a wedding through such a tragic event as well so much love to grant and obviously to the my getter family you know like they were supposed to be at the preston was at my wedding which super honored to have as many people at my wedding as we did, it was kind of a trip. Like it was like a family reunion style, you know? Um, Where was that in Atlanta? Yeah. We got married at Oakland cemetery in Atlanta, which huh. is a historic cemetery. It's like, I think it's over 70,000 people buried there. Like uh, wow. Margaret Mitchell who wrote gone with the wind yep. and some other uh, famous people. Um, but just, it's a really beautiful cemetery. It has ah. very well, uh, landscaped mausoleums and plots and stuff. It's not your typical run of the mill cemetery. So it's definitely a place where people go and walk their dogs every day, stuff like that. So Would we got you, married uh, in a cemetery. Yeah. You go how, what, five years, how long you've been married? Six years. I just I just broke one. I'm coming into year number two. Congratulations, dude. Anything we That's gotta awesome. worry about? Is there the terrible twos or anything like that? I gotta know. No, nah, man. You guys, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you got it figured out, right? I like, hope so. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just uh I think if there's anything that I could say that I've learned is just like definitely listening and trying to communicate, which I struggle with all the time. Who doesn't, you know? But, yeah just kind of being a part of your partner's life more than your own deal and kind of just trying to make them feel important because they are, you know, absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm the sure thing you're wrapped up with a lot of, you know, doing a podcast and working at the mag and, you know, doing all this stuff. I'm sure it's pretty, uh, you gotta like make that time. That's great. man. I'm super happy for you that you got married and found somebody like that. It's, it's a true blessing. Dude, the timing, my, wife, my wife's, cruising around the house doing stuff she just got back from work so oh, okay cool yeah. yeah the timing again like everything is like it was insane i moved in with her uh 10 days before the pandemic before lockdown right but your experience with that probably was so much different you know you uh moved in with her and then that happened and you guys living in san francisco yeah no yard probably so so much different than me living here where i have yeah house with a lot of space and my yeah. wife working at my wife working at the cemetery like she works alone in gardens and stuff you know oh, so wow. she's able she was able to go and still do her thing 
So it um, didn't change a lot for you guys. No, it really didn't. Uh, me working in the film industry, um, which is which is what I do for you know to make some cheddar. Uh, that ended uh-huh. in 2020. Like I was working on commercials and TV shows and features. Oh, sick! And it that cut out big time. You know that all went away. So there was a, a moment because I'm a, I'm in a local union. Um, okay. Which I think is it John Gibson, who was also like in a local union for film work. I think he's a sound guy or something. Uh huh. That one of the one in that episode. Uh, so we're in the same union. Oh, I think it's a theatrical stagehand union, and I'm in the Georgia local. I joined like about ten years ago, um, and it's just like basically like freelancing work, you know. Um, Dude, I didn't know that. That's rad. Yeah, I did like set lighting and rigging for a long time, and now I'm a grip. Because um, they film I mean, hella shit down there now, right? Like uh, Walking yeah, Dead, a bunch a of huge, things are down there. It's a huge filming hub, and it's just growing and growing and growing. So I, uh, some of the older skaters that I did construction for and stuff, mm-hmm. they kind of uh, they kind of guided me into it, and they were like, "Hey, man, like." there's this film industry thing. You should, you should join this union and we can get you work and pay some dues and get in the union and get some recommendations or whatever. And then basically, yeah, the guys who recommended me to do it, they, one of them's called like a best boy. So he, he does the hiring for the crew, you know? Okay. So, like, yeah. so I went from like concrete hoses working for grind line to a uh, big copper wire and, you know, big rigging and stuff. So it was like, all right, I'm living in town. It's a good rate. I got like health insurance and benefits and all that stuff through the union. So I started doing that and uh, it took off and I've been doing it on and off for over 10 years now. Damn, that rule. That's that's what I do for a living. And I also I'm doing some concrete stuff here and there. I still have worked for Grindline on some jobs. Where at? Local Uh, or? We just did Tulsa, BMX, Hall of Fame. Oklahoma. Massive, yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Massive dirt track with these huge concrete uh, embankment turnarounds and shit. It was crazy. Really? Out there with Rabbi and the crew, Lefty Boss Man. Um, How sick. Yeah, it was nuts. How's Rabbi doing? I haven't seen him in a long time. He's pretty good. I think he's on... I don't know if he's still up where Sam hits is or he went to another job, but he's like staying on jobs and by Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. He was up there with hits for a second, but maybe he, maybe he was up there for the turf thing. Mm. I think they started another job somewhere. Um, So yeah, he hollered at me the other day on Hubbard's birthday, texted him back and, you know, told him cheers or whatever, but Mm. doing good. Yeah. I thought he I talk to Shaggy kind of regularly and he seems like he's doing good. I always try to reach out to the bod. Like we got some of these guys on a, like not as often as I should, but just to like, be like, dude, we don't see each other, but we're still in touch. I hit up Peabody pretty often. We talk pretty often. We'll talk for like an hour or so. Um, yeah. Just kind of shoot the shit. He's I super just, busy doing, he's super busy doing his shot creek stuff. So 
Uh, I love Rattle in his cage. I'll text him at 6 a.m. and I'll be like, come on, Bod, wake up. He's like, bitch, I've been up since four. And I was like, I know, right? And then you went back to bed at 4.05. Wake up. He's all hardened. (laughs) He's fucking hardened as hell, like working man's blues all the time. I love those guys, man. They they were, I mean, I've seen them since they were little, you know, like that. Yeah, that was like my connection connection to San Francisco, you know, that was who kind of got me in over there. Um, yeah. Peabody and gut and P-Stone, obviously like they all kind of let me like Peabody will say, he's like, I gave you your vest. Remember, you know, like, no way. Jake saw me wearing a vest and he's like, Oh shit. You know, like you got living on the run tattoo. I do. Yeah. I got to live on the run tattoo. I got it the night that everybody got theirs. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's on my leg. It looks terrible. <laughs> yeah oh man I, it's hey. huge i think everybody had a little piece in it you know i'm like can the thing about the tattoos that night that obviously shows our clear inexperience was we were tattooing with a shading needle it was not a fucking aligner oh. <laughs> so it, none of them really came out great you know it's what I mean? not, okay it's not super sharp <laughs> minus the lack of any experience tattooing whatsoever you know you're you got a shader so it's it's not really the one you're looking for but what yeah we the, all got tats the what, was your, what was your first tattoo my first tattoo it was a tattoo right here on my arm it's a dte loc it's like Justin Brock, Mike Sweat, David Clark. Uh, actually, like, pretty expansive crew. Like, it's pretty funny. Bobby Morris has a DTE LOC tattoo. Oh, sick. Um, but, yeah, that was my first tattoo. I think I, was, I think I was one of the first or second people to get it. You know, <clears throat> just skate crew shit. And okay. uh, my buddy Sturgill Horn, like, handed me a, a blunt while I was getting the tattoo. And the guy was, like laying into me he wasn't a professional either it was like at his house and <laughs> he said i turned green after i hit that weed man and i was like i gotta step outside and i fucking puked so gnarly projectile <laughs> vomit and i was like looking at this thing on my arm i'm like if i don't finish this now he's like halfway through the skull part and i'm like fuck this sucks right yeah all tattoos suck pretty much I'm yeah. not, uh, I'm no like masochist necessarily, I guess in a sense we all are being skateboarders, but, uh, I got, I have a lot of tattoos, um, and none of them were like thoroughly enjoyed to get them stoked to have them, but <laughs> fuckers hurt, man. Well, the skate rock ones seem like different in a way that it's just kind of like a camaraderie thing. You know, it's like, we all went to China. So we got China tattoos. Right. Like, Peacestone had like a six pack of all the different ones. And yeah, we have, I uh, thought that was really cool. Or like Nuge gave Frank, this one, Frank misspelled. <laughs> What's exactly. Yeah. We have a lot of shared tattoos, like some of the trips. So I have, I think I have a tattoo for every skate rock I went on mm-hmm. and probably every like other trip. Um, we tried to get tattooed every trip, you know, it was like kind of one of the things like, yeah. all right, where are we skating? Uh, where are we eating? Where, where are we getting weed? Uh, where is there a tattoo artist? <laughs> you know, yeah. you're like, let's get a tattoo. Fuck it. You know, let's have some fun and fucking get it, get a quick tattoo down. Doesn't have to be anything crazy, you know? So me and Preston tattooed each other a few times. Right. Um, 
and had some shared tattoos from the trips. But yeah, like some of us have like badges, like the skate rock survivor tattoo, you know, some people all have the skate rock survivor, same tattoo. And uh-huh. then people mix it up and get other skate rock tattoos on the same trip, but it's sick to kind of got a little bit of a badge of honor, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. you're like, what is that? Tat-? It's like a bowl of pho with a skateboard coming out of it and shit. You're like, Oh, that's the fucking, that's the Vietnamese fucking skate rock right there. Yeah. Oh shit. And they're all collaboration too, which like Neckface drew a lot of the tattoos mm-hmm. and then Nuge would tattoo because he's pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. And like Lee Ralph drew a couple of the tattoos. So super stoked on some of them. Some of them are like pretty <laughs> bad tattoos. That was like one of Jake's things. He's like, fucking, I love that shit. Bad tattoos. <laughs> I right. definitely got them. Mm. I got the cockroaches fucking on my arm that says crack rock. That was on oh, the yep. was on the skate rock. That was Detroit. Uh, did you get arrested on that one? Yeah. Um that was got the one, busted, right? busted for weed. In the which, car. Oh. It was actually it was in the van. Um, but it was it was it worked out really good because there was a lot of weed in that van. And uh, they didn't find it all, you know. They just found mine first that was in my backpack. So I was like, as soon as they got me, I was like, yeah, that's it. That's that's mine. That, you, you, fa- you got it. You found it. And it was like, you know, a really small sack. Uh, yeah. Because the dog went right to my bag. Oh, damn. They, like, got us out, lined us all up, I think, and got all the bags out. Or I can't remember. Or maybe they just said, like, whose bag is this or something. I was like, that's mine. But I knew there was ounces and ounces of weed in that vapor. So <laughs> they basically like followed the cops. They followed us to the jail um, and just bailed me out like pretty lickety split. I had it was to go quick, huh? Oh, yeah. I had to go and take some pictures of all my tattoos because <laughs> they're like thinking it's all gang affiliated and shit. Oh. But none of them are at all whatsoever. But, uh, you know, they're like, we got to get pictures of every one of these tattoos. And I got like 70. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty funny. Got got out clean, considering the uh, the option of the outcome, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's dive into this DIY world. All right. Let's, uh, ah. let's, let's talk about your obsession with Ardex. I love Ardex. <laughs> Buy Ardex. Plug it right here. How how's um, how's this crew doing the Thrasher DIY series? What do you think? Are we doing all right? I'm backing it, man. I love it. Um, I mainly because I just love to see the videos of uh, people building stuff. Like I follow Skate DIY on Instagram just because I'm like, wow, look at all this fucking crusty shit people are building, you know. Uh-huh. And I think you guys' approach to it is pretty proper to uh kind of keep it very very basic and like these things maybe aren't going to last very long you know it may get torn down or whatever so you don't have to do the utmost construction right get something fucking skatable you know well the other thing is the the thought behind it is too there's a lot of people that don't know anything and I feel like Austin is really good. Maybe it's because he's got kids, but he's actually really impressed me with how he explains things. He articulates yeah. well in a simple way. It doesn't take him a lot of words. 
and he kind of great spokesperson for sure yeah so he's like you know you do this and don't worry about that and do this and don't judge yourself like all the things that are kind of important to a kid that's like scared to get in there with his first trial or whatever you know like so yeah i've been hyped on it like it's something approachable and fun that you know like when doing uh, any of these videos, like I, I love watching woodworking videos and anything concrete wise videos, but it takes somebody who's really interested in that to stick it out and watch it. You want to take a pee break? Yeah, I'm down. Hold on. Yeah, so I mean, you guys got a really rad scene going out in your zone, building all kinds of stuff. I love. You haven't sent me a photo in a minute, but for a minute, you were sending me all these like projects you were doing with the corners, the quarter pipes, and the- yeah, uh, we we fired up this new spot that mm. is called we call it the pantry, um, mm. and basically with that one, the Habitat for Humanity owns it. And they oh. kind of gave us some permission to do whatever, but they're pro- it's slated to get torn down uh, in like a year or two, you know? So we were hyped and like, you know, for, for a quick minute and then you kind of, it kind of dies out a little bit. Everybody skates there. A lot of people skate there, mm-hmm. but the motivation to build there is a little low right now. Cause you kind of know it's, it's doomed eventually like all the spots that we've built, which, you know, like, DIY history in Atlanta. I guess there was like the 40 yard, which is before me. I didn't build any of that, but I saw it when I went to go run the Peachtree Road Race with my mom and brothers. Wow. Um, and that was like one of, that was like, I think Atlanta's first, one of their first DIYs, concrete and stuff. But yeah, we did uh, the thing under the bridge was our probably most notable thing. And it's just kind of crazy how our spot came to getting torn down was because a homeless person lit a bunch of stuff on fire that burned the whole interstate down. Just like you would never think that something like that would happen. Oh my God. I've always been interested in building. I wanted to work for Grindline when I found out about it, you know, and I volunteered at the park in Atlanta that they were building old fourth ward park in got a job working for little Eddie and I worked for Grindline for a little while, uh, built parks around the U S and when the film industry thing was starting to happen during off time or whatever. And I was going on a lot of skate trips too. I was, you know, I was like, go on a job, go on a skate trip. Like we built that crazy thing in Detroit, um, with Timo and snowman albino Oh yeah, yeah. there too. Um, so I've always just tried to like stay busy building something somewhere, you know, and it it hasn't been at my own damn house yet, (laughs) but it's coming. It'll it'll come. What was that lady's name in Detroit? The local, uh, remember the first night we went to her house? Yeah. Yeah. She passed away, man. Oh yeah. She passed away. She Um, was so cool. Yeah, she is amazing. She was from Atlanta. So me and her had a big connection. Okay. But, uh, you know, we had done the 
we built the place and Betty and Boo live behind the park. Right. And we partied, we partied with them a lot. They were just great people. So I still talk to Boo. Um, it's a good dude. Okay. So he kind of hit me up and let me know that Betty had passed away or whatever. So, damn. but yeah, man, um, we've gone through multiple spots in Atlanta that have been built up and torn down and we just keep building shit. We got this one going. It'll probably get torn down. So I like the backyard vibe because you get a little bit more like, all right, we're, we're going to have this, you know, it's not such an impending doom of when's it yeah. going to get tore down if it's going to get tore down. Yeah. And I've done a couple like private backyard things that are pretty fun and cool. Um, just try to stay building shit, man. It's all I'm, all I'm doing. I'm doing like little, I'm fucking with a product called buddy roads right now. And it's like countertop concrete. I'm, I'm doing uh, like tables and planters and stuff like that. Okay. So it's a much smaller scale, but uh, it's really cool. It's a, it's, an artistic outlet that's like pretty pleasing right now. It's a cool product to work with. Neat. Okay. When you can pour concrete is three quarter inch thick and you're like, all right, this is a trip. It's all fiberglass, uh, glass fiber reinforced. So. Okay. Is that kind of yeah, like what Vans uses when they build those temporary parks? No. Um, I think they just shoot over styrofoam or something, uh, you know, but they probably put fiberglass in the mix instead of using rebar right okay yeah but yeah. yeah with the diy stuff man i've just always been obviously inspired by burnside and washington street and san pedro it's like such a congratulations to san pedro you know like for getting their whole deal figured out that's amazing right. you know um fdr just got some new creep yeah the fdr shit's crazy <laughs> yeah i just got a bunch of interest and love for the concrete scene and skateboarding that's kind of it seemed like for me uh was more where i fit in it's like i want to go build gnarly shit mm. and i may not be the dude who's gonna do the 540 on it but i just want to see pedro it would be nice to see pedro throw one on that or whatever and like yeah we poured this bowl down here and this motherfucker was blasting overhead high and so yeah i've always I've, I've been a builder for forever, man. Right. That's been my main interest is concrete. Which one do you think came out the, like where, if you could just go anywhere to skate any park, whether it be DIY or not, or like Grindland, Grindland, Dreamland, whatever, besides Burnside, because people always <laughs> want, like, I have to say Burnside, it's like video days. Okay, well, what's That's funny. I was, almost, I was almost already thinking Burnside, and I was like, I can't say Burnside. Yeah, like, what park, like, give me a park, I guess. Like, don't, I don't want to hear Under the Bridge. I want to hear, like, dude, there's this I was going to say, you ever skate Under the Bridge? Yeah, but Kalispell, Montana, you know, like some crazy place where you went, like, you been to Boise? Or Haley, I mean, Haley, Idaho. I've been to Haley, yeah. Is that one fuck? I haven't been to that one, but that one looks huge and gnarly. Never been to Haley? Uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Yeah, I've been to Haley and rolled over that full pipe and shot into the deep end and caught a <laughs> slasher on that fucking pocket down there, man. And yeah. Yeah, um, Haley's incredible. All those parks in the Northwest, Pacific Northwest, it's like 
it's it's very it would be cliche of me to say Burnside or any one of those. I guess I mean obviously Lincoln City is yeah. like otherworldly. Are you asking like what the gnarliest one is or what my favorite one is? Here's a good question, a good way to put the question because I realized what my question is after I asked the wrong question, which I love. <laughs> now the question is, what skate park have you been to? that not a lot of people would know of that fucking kicks ass? That is a tough question. You've been to Israel? Yeah. Those ones are sick, right? They're fucking awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, great parks in Israel. Yeah, I guess that's a that's a very good example of something that people wouldn't expect. Like, yeah. what, there's good skate parks in Israel? Yeah, Hubbard and the crew. There's actually a crew, go- Dreamland's about to go out to Israel. or maybe already there. Because oh, I got a buddy who's going out to work with them. Rad. Yeah, Kinzer, shout out to the homie. Shout out. Yeah, Kinzer, kill it in Israel. He's going to meet Red, and fucking Red's going to probably fucking <laughs> wear his ass out. Who Big knows? Guy. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Good luck, though. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good That's a good one. I was kind of stuck, like, thinking U.S. vibes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Fuck, dude, there's so many good skate parks everywhere now. It's so hard to say, you know? Mm. Like, How from, about this? Houston versus Louisville. Let's just be honest. I've only skated Houston once. I've skated Louisville a couple times. Fuck, man, you're giving me tough questions here. <laughs> I go Louisville because it's closer. Once you're in Texas, you're fucking in Texas. Okay. You know what I mean? I can hit up to Louisville and get there five hours maybe. So, yeah, that's more accessible. We'll say Louisville and fucking Shaggy went crazy over there. See, I was gonna uh, go out and help build there, and I fucking chickened out. So uh, I didn't. I was welcome to go build, and I just never ended up going. I had the other work going on at the time, and I just said I chickened out because I didn't make it. But fuck, that would have been cool to be a part of for sure. That's amazing. Good work on that, Shaggy. Shout out, epic full pipe and. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go work as island. Fuck yeah, dude! All right, awesome. That's a great answer. <laughs> yeah. For sure, Orcas Island. Yeah. I'm gonna okay. The Lost Bowl, Osaka. Oh, there you go. Is that uh, the same as Mikasa? I not. I haven't even made it there. Oh, really? Yeah, I just would think that that's that's so like alienistic and otherworldly. So it's funny that you bring that up. That's the one where Bailey got the cover, right? Yes, sir. So Pete, Peter Hewitt. Just sent me his shoebox full of uh, 63 videotapes that I am unearthing and digitizing. And I've he, probably watched some of those. He and I are going to make a little uh, tribute to Jake um, from that Japan trip with, where Bailey got the cover. Dude, the footage is insane. There's like Jake dancing in the streak. Like, I've never seen a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I think. Uh, I can't. I think Pete has definitely unearthed some of that footage at the house before, and I may have got to see some of that right. archive footage. Yeah, definitely yeah. some epic. I've always wanted to go there. I'm sure it's pretty crusty now, but uh, yeah, that that's great answers to your question. Um, Orcas Island, the Lost Bowl, and places in Israel. Israel is that was a that was a whole crazy trip in itself with the. The whole crew, Hubbard and right. uh, anti-hero team. That was an amazing trip. 
Have you been to the one up in, uh, what is it, Ohio, Pennsylvania? Uh, oh, Skatopia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've been That's, to Skatopia. Really? We built a park out in uh a grind line park in Parkersburg, West Virginia, which that's in Johnny Cash's I've been everywhere, man song. Always oh. love that. But, uh, I've been, yeah, we've, we've been to Parkersburg, West Virginia there. Um, but yeah, we went to Skatopia cause we were living out there at little Eddie's house and building that park and staying like uh, in fucking middle of nowhere, dude. So we went to Skatopia and it was fucking, it was pretty intense for sure. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't when an event was going on. So we kind of had the place to ourselves, but, uh, oh. You know, hung out with Bruce Martin and skated some some of the stuff. It was that place is nuts, dude. Yeah, I bet. I've never we skated been the wood, all the wood stuff and the creek. Like we got to really skate like almost everything there, I think. How cool. So it was pretty rad, but yeah, I've been there once and no plans to make it back there. It's just like it's one of those ones you just it's good to make it one time. Check it off the list and just be happy. Yeah, I'd be happy they didn't rob you on the way out or whatever. Oh man. What uh what do you you've been listening to a bunch of the podcasts, huh? Yeah, I listen to a bunch of them for sure. Uh, which, I love it. Which ones stand out to you? What am I doing right and what am I doing wrong? I don't I don't have really any uh criticism necessarily. I I loved uh I loved like the package, Sid, the package. Thank you, sir. I think he just had a rad voice and his stories were epic. Um, Jeff Toland and like Gibson. Gotta love Salva's stories. Like I've, I've listened to a ton of them, you know, which was funny, which was funny. You hit me up. I was like, damn, he's got all these epic guests. What's what, I'm, you know, what stories am I going to tell, dude? Like whatever. And, uh, and I saw you had Zach Zach Hudson, so I knew you were probably hurting for guests. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Your story is just as yeah, important dude. as Gibson's uh, because you got stoked off skateboarding, and this is why you got stoked off skateboarding. And spreading that word to people is fucking hype. Like people are like, "Oh my god, I've had that feeling." Oh, uh, you know. Sure, man. I I think my main thing uh, with with. I don't listen to any podcast at all. And like I said, this is my mm. first time doing a zoom meeting. So this is uh, obviously new to me, but I listen to a lot of it because uh, on my drive to work, it's nice in the morning and nice on the drive home to listen to. So I've never watched uh, one of your episodes that is even in video. Mm. I've only listened to them on my, my car stereo or whatever. So, um, I hate to do this to my YouTube audience, but I like the audio better than the video. Really? I know. Yeah. I was like, I, I was going to stop doing the video and a lot of people were like, no, dude, it's the only way I watch it. Like even some of the skate, right, like, right. it's kind of cool when a skate shop watches it on their TV at their skate shop. I'm like, oh, that's respect. But for me, it's the same thing that you're saying. Like, I don't really want to see myself. You know, <laughs> like I, that, that I, is true, though. I, I feel you on that. Um, a skate shop playing it at the shop is kind of cool, but I don't even super cool. Yeah, I, I love uh, I love hearing all the stories from everybody. So no, uh, I don't know if I have any real criticism. Um, Do you think repeats are okay? Like if yeah, I if I yeah, already did I somebody, people, I can. I think a lot of people have way more to say. I think. Mm. Uh, my only criticism is get 
get better guests than me uh, because, you know, I'm, wa- I'm washed up with story. I got tons of stories actually, but um, <laughs> I think that listening to Salva or fucking, you know, Tommy Guerrero or MoFo, like I love the MoFo stuff. Yeah. I, I was going to say play uh, drunk engines as well. Yeah. If you wanted to love drunk engines. So, okay. um, it rules. It, it is truly entertaining for me. And I love to listen to it when I drive to work and drive home. So thank That's you cool. for doing it, man, because it, I didn't know who the fuck Jeff Tolan was. So I got a gold medal in drinking and air guitar. I didn't. And Phil's coffee was really fun to listen to for me because I drink <laughs> coffee. So body's feeling good though. Yeah. I'm skating. Nice. Feeling good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Not nice. uh, I'm, I'm feeling pretty limber. I'm still, I'm still getting after it. That's good, man. Yeah. Keep, keep it going. It's yeah, good. Dude. Good catching up with you. Good seeing you. And Pleasure's all mine. Let's, let's uh, yeah, dude. Let's try to make paths cross eventually. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, like the weather's getting really good out here, and I see you saw- once a year at the Lower Bob. That's about it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And that's a fuzzy weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's a kind of a, it's always a blur, but we just had uh, Pedro Delfino just cruise through and he skated the bowl for a quick hit. And Brad, he we was- got some good, we got some good stuff. Like if, you know, we got Tom's backyard and Slim's and then we got the DIY thing going. And obviously Atlanta's got some epic street skating going on. Yeah. The young kids, uh, Elias and Judah and Zachariah, all those kids, I guess like, the melody kids have videos on the site. Mm. Those kids are all ripping. So shout out to them. Big shout out. And Thanks. shout out to Neckface for it being on Halloween. Shout out. Oh yeah. This interview was that. Halloween. Shout out to Neckface for those new shoes that he just came out with. And shout out to come on Tom for Stratosphere. I got your sticker somewhere back here. I know it. I don't know where it is, but I know it's there somewhere. Probably behind you. That's killer. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I appreciate appreciate you hollering at me. And uh I don't even I don't even know what we, what we even talked about at this point, but I'm stoked to fucking holler at you, dude. And congratulations on your your one year anniversary. You're like, damn, I don't have a stratosphere sticker, do I? Get this guy a stratosphere sticker stat. But yeah, if anything's coming up, hit me up. If there's some opportunity or fucking yeah, anything saying, cool, stay in touch, let, dude. Let me know, man. I don't have any plans of coming to California anytime soon, but uh, I've been trying to pepper Raven to come out. Beat has been out here working for Grindline. They're doing a job right now. No way. So it's okay. like 45 minutes from my house. We did phase one last year, and they're doing phase two right now. So I'm thinking after the weather gets better, what would it be? Maybe spring? Uh, yeah. We try to get a little bit of money from the right people and we do a neck face rip day in the South. Like Dude, back in hometown. It's been so long since, you know, we've had any skate rock vibes or any crew together. So that would be sick. I would be down. Yeah. Yes. Like a four day weekend blowout where we just hit like a bunch of shit. Like we think about it and just bop, 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 put yeah, together dude, a sick I, edit. I we get. Is- that Athens park is good, man, for okay. sure. And, yep. you know, there's other stuff being built. They just built a uh, park down in Noonan that is really awesome, too. No way. Hometown. Yeah. I went and helped on it. I'm sad to say I worked for 
new line skate parks, which uh-huh. is a terrible company, but, uh, hunger was there as a subcontractor and I helped them as well, but it was, it was a funny vibe, but, uh, okay. Either way, the park is rad. All so. right. Well, yeah, stay in touch. Let's try to, let's try to percolate some idea and make it like, bring it to fruition. Yeah, man. What uh, do we got uh, for music? What are you thinking for music these days? I wanted to shout out Lefty Bossman. Lefty Bossman? Yeah. He just had the thing in Thrasher. Um, Sam Hits interviewed him or whatever. Yeah. And he's working for Grindline, and he's like a country and Western singer. Oh, and sick. Musician. You could pick one of his tunes to play. Um I'd be hyped on that. I wanted to shout him out. So that's my plug to Lefty Boss, man. Shout you out. You always ask the questions like, what if you walk into a bar and the fucking, what yeah, song we, are you putting on the jukebox? Yeah. If we go to the bar and we're like about to drive out of here, what song are you putting on? You know what the best thing about your town is? We're leaving, we're fucker. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. I'd probably play uh, Tom T. Hall. I like beer. That's a good bar song. That's yeah. good, like. Happy go lucky. We're all dancing around the bar, cheers and shit, you know. Okay. You know where I'm at. Let's keep in touch. I okay. holler at you on the on the coffee rip in the mornings. Yeah, so dude. I'll keep up with that. Okay. And thanks for producing the show, dude. I love yeah. I like to listen to it. So I appreciate you, Pat. Thank you. Yes, mate. Big love. Take care, so and some of my songs I have casually mentioned. The fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer It helps me unwind And sometimes it makes me feel mellow Makes him feel mellow Whiskey's too rough Champagne costs too much Vodka puts my mouth in gear This little refrain Should help me explain As a matter of fact I like beer My wife often frowns When we're out on the town And I'm wearing a suit and a tie She's sipping vermouth And she thinks I'm uncouth When I yell as the waiter goes by I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer It helps me unwind And sometimes it makes me feel mellow Makes him feel mellow Whiskey's too rough Champagne costs too much Vodka puts my mouth in gear While this little refrain Should help me explain As a matter of fact I like beer Last night I dreamed That I passed from the scene And I went to a place so sublime All the water was clear And tasted like beer Then they turned it all into wine I like beer It makes me a jolly good fellow I like beer It helps me unwind And sometimes it makes me feel mellow Makes me 
Whiskey's too rough, champagne costs too much, vodka puts my mouth in gear. All oh, this little refrain should help me explain as a matter of fact I love beer. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.